Welcome back to the Bear Down Podcast. As always, I am your host, Adam Kernick. Going to talk this week a little bit about the Los Angeles Chargers-Chicago Bears game. Uh, and in case you in case you missed it, I, I usually start off with a recap of the week before. In case you missed it, I decided to dedicate just its own that uh, its own episode to that Saints game last week. That was a bit of a frustrating game, and I didn't want to start off this with with all that negativity that was there. So if you're a return listener, first of all, thank you for coming back as as always. I really appreciate that. Uh, if but if you're coming back and wondering, well, why isn't he starting off with with what happened the week before? I did an episode just based on that, uh, so you can you can go back through the history of the podcast and and find that and listen to that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the upcoming game with the Chargers this week, but then also I want to talk about some potential trades that the Bears could or could not do. Um, the trade deadline for the NFL is coming up, and uh, while the Bears traditionally aren't super active with that, NFL teams on the whole aren't traditionally super active with the trade deadline, the league has has done a big push to try to instill a bit more of a, a Major League Baseball feel to the trade deadline, try to get more teams moving. They've pushed it a little bit later into the season so that teams have a bit better of a feel for if they might be contenders or might be uh, an off year for them. They've uh, tried to encourage moving players around a bit. So there's been a bit more and there's already been quite a few deals. So we'll, we'll talk about that. So Coming into the Chargers game, really quick, the Chargers are banged up and beaten up. They have got seemingly everybody on that roster is on the injury report on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, The Chargers are a lot like the Bears in that they were a playoff team a year ago. There were high expectations for them to compete this season, and they have fallen very flat. The Chargers come in just two and five, and they seemingly find ways to lose every week. Um, blowing late leads, n- not being able to mount comebacks against inferior teams, just bad play all around. They are a very, very weak defense. They rank in the bottom third. In, in points allowed and yards given up, they struggle to stop the ball. They've got Phillip Rivers, who has seemingly been playing quarterback for forever in the NFL. Uh, they still have him. They do have their running back, Melvin Gordon, back uh, from an injury. But they have injuries uh, in the interior of their offensive line. That's going to cause them problems. And they just have a hard time moving the ball on offense. So you would think this should be a week where the Bears can kind of right the ship, get it fixed, get the offense clicking, get the defense feeling good about itself again, and and post a win. That being said, 
I have reached the point with this Bears offense that until I can see them consistently moving the ball up and down the field and generating yards and points on their own, I can't really expect it to happen. The Bears still have not posted over 300 yards from their offense in a single game. They're the only team in the league that hasn't done that at least once this season so far. And they continue to struggle to generate points on their own. If the defense isn't getting takeaways, if special teams isn't returning kicks, then they're just not they're just not scoring. They're just not getting points. Uh, again, I'm not counting the garbage time from the Saints game. So those two touchdowns that they scored after the game was well and decided. To me, that really doesn't count. They put up 10 points against the Saints last week, and seven of those came from a kickoff return. The offense put up three points against the Saints. That's that's troublesome. Um, the one good thing you can say about Mitch so far this season is he's not turning the ball over. Um, he's He's only thrown two interceptions, and I don't believe he has lost a fumble yet this season. But he's got to step it up. And one thing that I think he can do to really help elevate his game, yes, he's got a shoulder injury, and that might uh, prohibit him from doing a lot of this, but is pull the ball down and run with it. Uh, instead of, he, he clearly struggles making the reads on who's open and who he should throw the ball to. One of the things that everybody always talked about when Mitch was drafted and especially last season, what we saw from him was his willingness and ability to pull the ball down and get positive yardage out of the situation. He is a mobile quarterback in all the great senses of that, of that phrase. He is a guy that can be a threat with his legs. Yet, coming into this week, Trubisky has rushed a total of five times for 21 yards. Get him involved in the running game. Do some quarterback draws. Give him the freedom to... Your first read isn't open. Instead of flailing around and... and desperately trying to find Allen Robinson, pull the ball down and run with it. Especially if it's man-to-man defense, pull the ball down and run with it. Get some yards. That'll get, it'll give the defense something else to think about. If nothing else, you've, you've, you've got to come up with some ways to, to force the defense to think that they can't just solve you by dropping back in a zone and sitting on a five and sitting on all the five yard routes. You've got to do something to change things up and get defenses on their heels a little bit so you can have some success. I'm not saying that it's going to suddenly change the fact that Trubisky can't throw the ball downfield. 
I'm not saying that he's going to become more accurate. I'm not saying that it's going to make the offense put up 40 points this week, but get him involved more in the running game. That is going to simplify things for him. If your first read isn't open, pull the ball down and run with it. There you go. Yes, that's that's not a great thing. Normally, you you want to have your quarterback go through the progressions, but Trubisky clearly does not do that. So rather than force him to do something he does not do, make reads and make progressions, your first guy's not open, pull the ball down and run. Let's let's use those legs, give the defense something else to think about. I don't expect Negi to go nuts running the ball this week, even though this is be a great opportunity to do that. Because at this point, I also just don't trust Negi to run the ball. Um, he pays lip service to it in seemingly every press conference he does, especially after the losses. Oh, we got to run the ball more. Oh, we got to run the ball more. Uh, he, he famously said this week, I'm not an idiot. I know we have to run the ball more. Um, you may not be an idiot coach, but you are the play caller. And your actions show that you do not want to run the ball because you feel it doesn't work. Never mind that your passing game isn't working. You keep calling passing plays. You you want to pick up big chunk yards. So I don't expect him to I'll ex, I expect him to run the ball maybe maybe for the first half that he'll give it an honest try. But I don't expect that they'll have great success running the ball in the first half. So I suspect I suspect in the second half he'll abandon it. Um uh, defensively, get some takeaways, get some pressures. The The Chargers are weak on their offensive line, even without Akeem Hicks. The Bears should be able to get some pressure in Phillip Rivers' face. Uh, they should be able to to do something with that. I, I do think that the defense will be able to have some success. But unless the defense is able to generate multiple takeaways, I don't see a whole lot of points coming. I honestly, I can't come up with a way and a reason for the Chargers to win this game, but I can come up with several scenarios how the Bears will lose this game. I might still be unduly affected by just how bad the Bears looked against the Saints last week, but, and and I know that this is effectively a playoff game for the Bears. You must win this one if you are the Bears. You've got to win this game. If you want to keep pace with the Vikings and the Packers, the Vikings won on Thursday night. The Packers are, are playing a banged-up Chiefs team on Sunday night. I expect that the Packers will win that one. If you want to keep any hope of staying within spitting distance of either of those two teams, you must win this game because you get into the wild-card race. I... I think whoever doesn't win the division in the NFC North, whomever the second place team is, they're getting a wild card spot. You've also got the Seahawks out west looking like they're going to be really good for a for a wild card seed. Uh, you don't want to get into that wild card mix if you're the Bears. So this is one you've got to win. You've you've got to win. It's a very winnable game at home against a banged up, beaten up opponent. That's uh, that's able to be beaten, 
But I just can't shake the feeling that the Bears drop this one. I I think that the Bears' offense is still going to struggle to put up points, and I see the Bears dropping this one. I think it's going to be very low scoring, somewhere in the neighborhood of 17-13, 17-10. But I see the Bears dropping this one this week, and then it's going to be really interesting next week at Hallis Hall to see just how good of a leader Matt Nagy is to keep this thing together. All right, in my next segment, I want to talk about some potential trades that the Bears could do. So uh, keep it with me, and, and let's talk some trades next. Okay, so in this segment, I want to talk about some trades that the Bears could do. The trade deadline is coming up. It is uh, after this week's games are done on Tuesday of next week is is going to be when the NFL's trade deadline is. I mentioned earlier, it's typically a quiet time, but the last few years, the league has pushed and prodded and poked with teams and encouraged them to try to be more active at the trade deadline. And it's, it's picked up. This season has seen quite a bit of activity. Actually, we've, we've seen some big guys, some big names go, uh, Jalen Ramsey getting traded from the Jaguars was a, was a big name. The Rams, uh, also traded off, um, another corner. We have seen some receivers get moved. Emmanuel Sanders just got moved from the the Broncos to the 49ers. Muhammad Sanu went from the the Falcons to the Patriots. Uh, The Lions just pulled off a move for one of their safeties, sending him over to Seattle. So there have been some, some relatively big moves that have gotten made. What makes sense for the Bears? Um, I've seen a bunch of, I read a story recently about some different moves that the Bears could make at the quarterback position. Uh, this is still yet this season to try to salvage it. Uh, some in, some intrigue there. Um, I guess I should, should go back and explain a little bit. A lot of times what you see in trades in the NFL you very seldom see a player get traded for another player. Uh, almost always what happens with trades, and as far as I know, that's what's happened with every trade this year, is a team will send a player and get draft picks back in compensation. The Bears, as I've discussed several times before, don't have a whole lot of draft picks in the 2020 draft to be trading away. They don't have any picks in the first round. They have two picks in the second round. They have their own, plus they have one from Oakland as part of the Khalil Mack trade from last offseason. They don't have any third round picks. They sent their third round pick in 2020 to New England to help get David Montgomery in this year's draft. And then they've got uh, picks in the fourth through seventh rounds. Um, first round is considered the primo round. Second, second, third, and fourth round are kind of considered mid-level picks. Fifth round and later are are late round selections. Um, so what you're talking about for the Bears, they don't have a whole lot of high picks. They've got 
They've got two picks in the second round, their own and Oakland's, and that's it for the top three rounds. Not a whole lot of of high-end bargaining chips to dangle out there to other teams to acquire pieces. Um, my friend Shane had asked me earlier uh, in the season, what about Stefan Diggs? Uh, it was reported earlier that Stefan Diggs wasn't exactly happy with uh, with being the way he was being treated in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins was having trouble throwing the ball to the receivers and getting him involved. And there were rumors that maybe Stefan Diggs would get moved. The Vikings denied those rumors. What that means is nobody had offered them anything that they liked. Uh, and in the weeks since then, Cousins has been targeting him more and Diggs has been having some success. I don't see the Bears being able to acquire somebody like Stefan Diggs uh, for for a couple reasons. One, it's an interdivision. Well, one, really, Diggs has picked up here the last few weeks, and I'm sure he's happier with where he is, and the Vikings are six and two and contending. They're not going to be looking to sell. They're going to be looking to buy if you will, they're going to be looking to acquire players this year and trade away draft picks. So that's a top reason right there why it would be tough to get digs. Second of all, uh, it's a division trade. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of trades between division opponents as a general rule, uh, just because you then have to turn around and see that player twice a year. Uh, but also uh, a good comp here for why they wouldn't would be the Mohamed Sanu trade. Stefan Diggs is a better wide receiver than Mohamed Sanu is. And the Patriots gave the Falcons a second round draft pick to acquire Mohamed Sanu. If I'm the Vikings and I see that um, the Patriots got a second round selection for Mohamed Sanu, an inferior wide receiver, to Stefan Diggs, then I'm going to be asking for a first round pick. The Bears don't have a first round pick, or I'm going to be asking for a second round pick plus other picks. And the Bears just don't have those primo selections to offer in a trade. So I really can't see them uh, being able to offer anything that would entice the Vikings to realistically trade for Stefan Diggs. If you would like to reach out to me to ask me questions, by the way, you can, you can hit me up at, at Twitter. I am at Adam underscore Karnick, or you can email the podcast at beardownpod at Gmail. So thank you, Shane. He asked me that a, a couple of weeks ago and then was pestering me. Hey, you haven't talked about this. You haven't talked about this. I was waiting. I wanted to get a little closer to the trade deadline. So, but thank you for, for asking the question. Some other trade possibilities there. You could see um, uh, a quarterback move. That gets tougher. The, the best comp I could think of or the best guy that I saw when I, and I was seeing a bunch of names pop up, um, Nick Foles or Eli Manning or, uh, uh, 
just a any any quarterback under the sun that's on a, a team, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, who just beat the Bears last week. You know, lots of different ideas floating out there. The one that honestly intrigues me the most is Nick Foles, simply because uh, we have seen Foles have success in an offense very similar to what Nagy and the Bears are running right now with lots of run pass options, lots of uh, uh, quick throws and trying to get the ball downfield and just trying to, to have the play designed to get somebody open and making the proper read, not necessarily trusting your, your receiver to win the one-on-one battle, but kind of scheming your guys open and understanding how to attack the defense that way. So the Nick Foles... Uh, uh, example intrigues me. And I do think that the Jaguars could be up for moving him. Uh, Foles has been injured for the bulk of the season. He broke his collarbone earlier this year. And as a result, the Jaguars have been starting uh, Gardner Minshew, a sixth round rookie draft pick. And he's had some decent success. Uh, and it's been enough to to get people excited and interested in him as a quarterback and get the Jaguars thinking that maybe this could be their guy and they don't have to go with Nick Foles. So Foles could be available uh, because he's injured and because they may have found out that he's expendable. Um, You're probably, you're almost certainly with a quarterback, you're going to be talking multiple picks. I think the example I saw had the Bears sending one of their picks in the 2020 draft and a 2021 draft pick as well. Uh, a, a late, uh, uh, a third, a third round pick or a fourth round pick. So kind of a mid, late, late, early round or early mid round grade of a of a selection there. I like the idea and the thought of Nick Foles coming and joining the Bears. Uh, He would absolutely be an upgrade to Mitch right now. Just about anybody would. Um, What worries me is the cash side of it. Uh, Nick Foles signed an $88 million contract this offseason. Basically $22 million a year. Uh, is what he'd be making next year. They he'd be it would put about 17 million onto the Bears cap this year. They could just afford that. They'd probably have to make a move, one or two moves to get him in under the cap uh, at this year. But next year he jumps to a 22 million dollar cap hit. The Bears are probably going to then have to cut some people, uh, some significant people, somebody. Like uh, like an Allen Robinson or a Taylor Gabriel or a Prince of Mukamara or you know somebody somebody of that nature would probably have to get cut in order to help keep Foles' salary uh, manageable. And I don't know if full I I think Foles is good enough to win with this Bears team. I don't know if Foles would be good enough to kind of put the team on his back and have them win. We saw him get hot there a couple of years ago when Philly won the Super Bowl. And in fact, he won the Super Bowl MVP. And let's face it, it's another 
tip in the cap of why to go get Foles. How often can you go get a Super Bowl MVP uh, when he's when he's not over the hill? But I don't know that Foles would be enough to make up for any problems that would arise from having to cut some good, solid defensive players yet in uh, productive parts of their careers. Uh, I saw the the idea of Cam Newton get thrown out there. I'm not a big Cam Newton fan for the Bears. I think uh, he's he's far too injury prone uh, for my taste. He's he's a big, strong quarterback, but he takes a lot of hits. I don't I don't think you could rely on Cam Newton. Uh, with the Bears. He's currently hurt right now, and the, the Panthers have had some success with their backup. Kind of a similar story to Foles, but I think that uh, Cam is a little too injury prone to try and rely on him, and he's a bit more towards the twilight of his career. I don't know uh, just how much you'd be getting out of him, and you do have salary problems with him as well. Um, the other interesting story that I saw this week, as far as the quarterback is concerned, is this idea being thrown about that Tom Brady is not going to be playing for the Patriots next year and that the Bears could be the ideal landing spot for him. I don't think for one second that Tom Brady won't be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots next season. I I understand he's put his house on the market and he's got an expiring contract and and he's been there, done that a million times over with New England and Belichick and maybe he wants to challenge himself in his career with, with going to a new franchise. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll, I'll just put it at that. Would, would it be interesting... To see him with the Bears, absolutely. He would, of course, immediately make the Bears Super Bowl contenders. He could make up for any deficiencies on the roster that they'd have to cut to to have to make room for him. Uh, I it When I saw the story and read the story, it reminded me of when Brett Favre uh, was leaving the Jets about 10 years ago. The same idea popped up that, oh my goodness, maybe he'd go play for the Bears. Could you imagine Brett Favre playing for the Bears? And that's kind of what the Tom Brady story reminded me of. Is I, I cannot imagine him leaving New England. I'll believe it once it happens. And Until then, you can't convince me that, that Brady's going to be leaving New England, certainly not to come to Chicago. So... But then on the flip side, then, so it's tough to make a move if you're the Bears because you don't, to to buy at the trade deadline because they don't have a lot of draft capital to sell to other teams, to offer to other teams. So should the Bears be looking at selling some pieces here at the trade deadline? About the only thing they'd have that teams would be interested in would be pieces from that defense. The trouble with selling defensive talent, there's a, there's a couple problems with it. One, you're not going to get very much back. Uh, I'll use Quandry Diggs from the Lions, now with the Seahawks as an example. Diggs is a, an excellent defensive back for the Lions, 
had some success with them, was doing well. The Lions felt they needed to move him. Uh, They got a fifth-round pick back. Oh boy, not a not a great pick. Not a, a you know you can find talent in the fifth round. You can find talent in all seven rounds in an NFL draft, but a fifth round pick isn't all that sexy. It's not all that. Oh boy, this is now we're really going to be able to to fix the problems with this roster. We've got an extra fifth round pick. Oh boy, you know it's not a great selection. Um, so that's one problem. You're just not going to get the, the high-end picks for defensive players. And on the other hand, really what teams will go for mid-season, what they like to go for on defense, it's got to be players that fit into what you do already as a defensive system. Because defenses are so predicated upon what you're doing. A guy could be a fantastic shutdown man-to-man cover corner, but if he gets traded to a team that mostly plays zone defense in their secondary, he's, he may not have great tremendous success. He's probably not going to have tremendous success in that environment, in that situation, because he's being asked to use a skill set that isn't his best skill set. So with defenses, you've always got to be careful with, with not only who you're selling, but, but what, who you're marketing him towards. You know, and that's something that the buyers are going to keep in mind is, oh, well, the Bears are playing a 3-4 man-to-man style defense, so do their players fit into our scheme? Or are we going to have to kind of square peg into a, a round hole kind of a situation? The exception with that tend to be pass rushers. Guys who are pure pass rushers are a little easier to move defensively just because your job as a pass rusher is to go get the quarterback. Doesn't matter if we're putting you on the defensive line in a 4-3 defense or standing up in a in a two-point linebacker stance in a 3-4 defense. If you can rush the passer, we'll use you. You don't have a whole lot of responsibilities or assignments in your defense. It's see ball, get ball. With that, Bears don't have anybody short of Khalil Mack that's really appealing to trade for in that regard. Leonard Floyd had a great opening night. He hasn't recorded a sack since since that. He got two against the Packers, doesn't have any sense. Then Akeem Hicks is hurt and is probably done for the season. Not really somebody you're going to trade midseason and get anything for. Then uh, Aaron Lynch, he's been very quiet, very, very quiet in the quarterback pressures and sacks category. Probably not getting anything for him. So it's going to be tough to try and move anybody midseason where you're probably going to have your best luck and your best success for the Bears trading pieces of the defense is going to most likely come in the offseason so that they can, uh, teams, then you can open up guys like Prince of Mukamara or uh, Clinton Dix or Eddie Jackson to be uh, available for an entire offseason program with a new team to make sure that you can integrate them into your defense 
over time and not on the fly. So that's kind of where I'm at with the trade deadline coming up. I would not expect a whole lot from the Bears, but if they lose this game to the Chargers, uh, I certainly hope that Pace at least picks up the phone and inquires and maybe gets something for some pieces off of this team. So, so that's what I've got for this week for the Bear Down Podcast. Uh, again, if you've got any questions for me or things that you'd want me to talk about or discuss, reach out to me at Twitter at Adam underscore Kernick or email the podcast at beardownpod at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening and spending some time with me uh, talking football. This is, this is a fun passion project for me. I love talking bears. I love talking NFL and I, I just love sharing it with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Bear down.